Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, beautiful people, fellow mixologists. It's Amani, your host, and welcome back to Mixing with Amani. I have a great episode ahead. I got to a juicy conversation with Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, and I didn't even hit everything on my agenda. So a couple things. Because we talk so much about hot topics and the OC situation, you know, Leah hating tiki torches and Potomac, the sacrifice that is Potomac, the sacrificial lamb of a delayed season. Uh, We get Vanderpump information from him and, you know, talk Beverly Hills, house ownerships, all these things. Didn't get to hit everything that I wanted to, which was just um, going in depth on Atlanta, which there wasn't even much to go in depth on. I just touched on my feelings on the finale. Didn't really get to hit Shaz. Didn't really get to hit Family Karma. So that will be recapped together with the new episodes next week when I have um, someone come back on and talk about the Shaz of Sunset uh, and where we're going and the, con- the interesting conversations that they're having over there. So this week, I just definitely want to hit a disclaimer because a lot of things were discussed. Every single thing that I say and that I know that I get information on is, is, you know, not from anybody who comes up in the credits of any show that we we watch. So it is all completely alleged. Everything you hear me say that I admit to is told to me with confidence, but uh in confidence of other people trusting me with it or allowing me to share it, but doesn't mean that, you know, things don't change, that it's not someone else's interpretation of it, or that it's, you know, 100% true. I don't always fact check other people's fact checking. So it is all alleged. Do not, you know, try to sue me. I have nothing to give you in this quarantine time, but I like to share what I hear, share what I know, share what people tell me, because I know you want to know it too. Even if I have the proof, I still have to say it's alleged. So all alleged, but I hope that also gives us an indication that we get into a lot of things that we have heard and come to uncover and discover about our favorite Bravo celebrities. That being said, me and Ryan are about to get into all the fun that was, we talked about Housewives in New York almost as long as the show itself was. And I am not apologizing for it because it was a dynamite episode. And I'm very happy to have it during this quarantine time. Here's my fellow April birthday Taurus, almost birthday twin. We had birthdays back to back and therefore had hangovers back to back. And we had a great time talking about how we got pandemic lit in a pandemic and had many, many quarantines, and I hope you're pouring something that makes you happy, whether it's something sweet, something very alcoholic, something very calming. Pour it, take time for you. Let's mix it up with Ryan Bailey. All right, guys. Welcome back, and as promised, I have the incomparable Ryan Bailey here from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, also fellow 
Taurus and like almost birthday twin. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. This is uh we we did it. We we made it another year and now we can never go outside again. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um I this was my golden birthday and I'll never get it again. So I was like, do I even celebrate it or do I just say I'm the same age for an entire year and then just kind of circle back around? Because never did I think when all of this took off in January, February, hearing about it, you know, going from joke to serious matter. I never thought that we would be spending like spring months in quarantine and lockdown. <laughs> in my mind, and I was like, oh, we'll totally be out in two weeks. Yeah. And then I'll have my party in, in April. No, we are looking like deep into it's coming after Gemini's now. Like it's 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 everybody is gonna be having a birthday spent social distanced. Well, you know, I mean, I was kind of looking forward to having a birthday in quarantine because it like I get so weird with my birthdays anyways, where I don't like I'm I'm that weird kind of person same. where I want it, I want it recognized, but at the same time I don't want it recognized. So I found like Oh I get really God. yes. I never know how to describe this. Yeah, it's hard, and it's like, and I know this sounds silly because you're like, oh, well, you have a podcast, you. But like, I'm weird. Like, it, this won't make sense, but I feel like I'm weirdly shy. Like, I'm very weirdly private in certain ways. For as loudmouth of a person as I am, then I'm very also private. So I find it really hard to like. I find it really hard because I want to say thank you to everybody that says happy birthday to me. And I get really like anxious about the whole thing. And like so many people want to have Zoom calls or, and I'm really lucky for all that. But it was, I just found myself just, just drinking myself into oblivion yesterday just to try to like, I, I, I just get nervous with that much attention. It's, it, I, it's hard to explain. Yes. No, I completely, com I completely get it. I've never known how to explain this. Um, I learned the term, I'm late to the game, but ambivert, which is like that introvert, extrovert hybrid, which totally describes what I am, even if I don't know the correct definition, but like, I want the attention, but I don't like attention. It's very strange. I work very yeah, well like on a social gathering and in a social environment, but I don't welcome it. And if you yes. get to go home and get in my covers, I'm very pleased with that information. Oh yeah. Like I'm already 10 steps ahead, like watching TV in my underwear by myself, like I'm already yes. like dreaming about, but at the same time, I feel like I am good in social situations, but I, I leading up to it, uh, it, it, it's like anything good for you, I will fight against and then it'll be, I'll be happy I did it, but I'm, it, it just very nerve wracking for me and I can, I can loudmouth myself on like a podcast microphone all I want, but sometimes in like real life, that is actually super hard for me, you know? Yes, I get incredibly terrible social anxiety. I'm too aware of where I am and of what I'm doing. And it's, yeah. you know, it makes it hard for me to enjoy stuff. I enjoy hosting, but if I'm going to do anything, I like people to come to me, if anything, because I can kind of control that environment more. But the moment someone's like, let's go to a club or to dinner, I'm just like, oh, God. That well, and that's <laughs> I need a full day to prepare for this. And this is what a tip for your listening audience is um... – Try alcohol because it really does take the edge off of things <laughs> when you're nervous. So it, it really does. And, and it's but the reason why as soon and all my it's like a running joke with them, but all my friends it's a running joke. It's like that is the best advice I've ever given myself because I will sit down and before anything else happens, I need a drink in hand. And they just think it's hilarious. I'm like, you don't know how necessary this is right now. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's I mean because it, it's sad. Like the only reason I can joke about it is because I'm like, well. I know I don't have a problem problem, but I will say for like yesterday, I drank like I had a problem and it was, and I, you know, where part of my birthday was spent was 
I uh, hung out in the Sur alleyway and drank there. Oh, well, see, <laughs> that's a great place. You know, you will really feel like you don't have a problem in comparison to what that those alley walls have seen. Oh, I know. Nothing. I socially distanced at a Sur alleyway and drank like White Claw and Fireball shots. And it kind of, I got to tell you, was kind of, that part of the day was actually really, that was when I was still sober enough to really appreciate it. And it kind of felt like me being in the Sur alleyway kind of felt normal. Yeah, it was like people were apologizing to me for my birthday having to be spent in quarantine. And I was like, I'm actually very okay with this. I don't know. I mean, thank you. Um, thank you for your apology. Like I, but I'm fine. Like I had a beautiful breakfast. I had Prosecco for in the morning because I like my mimosas with respect to orange juice, but without orange juice. Like I know what's supposed to be there, but I don't. <laughs> put it in there it's really just the champagne i might add like an eyedropper amount for coloring just you know so don't think <laughs> i'm just basically taking a bottle of champagne to the head but then i moved like straight into hard liquor and was doing tequila shots and margaritas midday and then finished it off i think i mixed like tequila and vodka at one point like in the same cup with like some great oh. what was going on oh it just like, that makes me i'm that makes me sick just hearing about it oh yeah, I know. It's like, and I'm still, I mean, it's been two days for me, and I'm still, I think, it's trying to, my body's still like, water? Do, can we fit it in? Do you, do you have some? Would love it. Would love yeah. a little bit of water. Oh, the, the <laughs> hangover like, is yeah, so yeah, fresh. Sorry. The hangover, the hangover is so fresh. So when you, when you just said vodka and tequila, I just, my stomach just did a weird thing. Oh, oh God. I hate to tell you, we're not going to get much better because now we have to drive into Bravo and um, <laughs> I feel hungover from this week. I, they've really given us the business. The only great, great thing about my birthday was that I recorded everything and I watch everything later and I'm sorry, I'm the problem with the ratings, but I pretty much welcomed my birthday like into the midnight hour with Roni and this oh. week's episode and I felt like that was specifically for me. Like That was my gift. Yeah, it was, it really did live up for me to the hype of the preview the week before. And I, I watched it like three or four times now. It. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, re, you know, it's so funny. I was reading some bad opinion saying that they didn't think it was good. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is exactly what these people. Well, it's some people that I, I even like. So it's, I feel like they can be cr contrarian, but I just feel like that's. Like, then what do you like about Housewives? Like, to me, that's classic Housewife. Right. People always ask me, because, you know, I'm very critical of, of my Housewives and of my Bravo celebrities in general. And they'll be like, so who do you, you like? Because I'm always like, you know, Stassi said this and I don't like it. Well, I did that and I don't like it. And I, I didn't stop watching Random Farm Rules because I did not like the cast. But they were like, so who do you like on the show? I'm like, I've liked all of them at some point. And that's kind of the point is that I only dis... I have an issue with Bravo when they don't live up to what I know they can do. And that's because I feel owed something because I've been watching for so goddamn long. So I want yeah. good stuff. And Roni gave me that. I mean, it was a hot ass mess for a while. I was speechless. I didn't know what was going on. I know. I mean, and you know, it's so, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't think we fully. And the thing is like, imagine the footage we didn't get to see. That's what I'm saying. And you know what's happened is um, I heard on another podcast, they spent the entire episode in the house. And whenever they hit that time 
stamp. They do it on all the shows. Whenever there's a time stamp, it means we are gradually getting to a place of like utter chaos. Because they started with the time stamp of like 8.25 at dinner playing the champagne pong. And I'm like, oh, we are. Uh, we are we are just getting started, and we are going on a journey. And imagine and for, for like fifteen hours, they just drink. For Sonia, that was back to back hard nights too, because yeah, she had the mansion. She had the mansion party the week before. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't I don't know how I'm getting so like I'm definitely not drinking as much as Sonia, and I'm getting wrecked in hangovers. And Sonia just seems like I mean, are they taking medicine? Like how are they dealing with these kind of hangovers? Like I get so jealous. They where I was like. Be. I, yeah, I mean that in that one scene of like Sonia and Dorinda with all the uh, the um, uh, face mask stuff on when they wake up, yeah. like that was hysterical. Every hey, wait, so what is your what is your current opinion of Leah? So uh, as I've announced before, I can take the character out of the person, like the actor. I do not like Leah McSweeney. I like Leah the housewife. She fits in well with this show, and I have no problem admitting that. I had no problem even, like, putting on Instagram. I appreciated her acknowledgement, though drunken and disordered and not explained. Her of the tiki torches? The tiki torches are yeah. bullshit, bullshit. A lot of people didn't get it. I got it. I had to explain it to a lot of people, and I'm fine with that, and I'll explain it again here. But, like, I left her on the show. I agree with Ramona. I thought she was playing the game. She wanted to see how upset Ramona would get that she cleaned the kitchen. Again, I was like, okay. She knows what she's doing. I don't yeah. think she's naive and I think she can handle these women really well. I don't have to like her as an individual to appreciate her on the show because if I disliked every rival celebrity based on their politics and who they are as an individual, we would have none left. I would like Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, so, that, I mean, that because I really, obviously, I really like her on the show and I'm trying, like, I'm getting sent articles about her past and stuff like that and it That's really hurts exactly my it, point it does but it doesn't jive with the person i see I on the screen i think it's because i knew way too much about her beforehand that it made it impossible for me to get excited about her because she was also replacing bethany and i and i get people hate bethany i like her but i was still rather a devil i know than a devil i don't but the problem is i know this devil <laughs> I don't like this devil I've never liked Leah in real life I don't like her politics and what she stands for I don't like her what she says the cultural appropriate everything about her and who, how she's become who she is I have issue with However, were you aware of show, her before this show she fits in I was hyper aware of her before this show she's a legend in in a lot of ways um in New York and weirdly she's very very big in like and known in my community because she feels like she monopolized streetwear, which is just not even possible. But it's she makes a lot of interesting comments and has done a lot of interesting PR moves, you know, in her past with Michael Shea, the SNL yeah, I remember, comedian, yeah, things that I, I think she thought would catapult her, and you know, it, it just feels like she's always punching up, and it's it's a very weird dynamic that you know she has with the media and with pop culture. And her idea of like, I want to be this gangster, but I'm also going to make sure I propel everything in the direction of the law that would not allow this persona I've created to be on anyone that is not a rich white woman. So I, I, that's fine. And, I, you know, people are very upset that I have that opinion, but it's the one that I have. So you can well, make up well, your own. I don't care. But so is, show, her, is her, was her company extremely, is her company extremely successful? 
I wouldn't say extremely. It does okay. I mean, she's designing streetwear and trying to market it to people who are pretty much like not, not already in that space, if I could say. Like, there's she's in New York, which is also the capital of streetwear. If you, if you shop in New York, and I've gone to New York, I've done the shopping there. It's pretty much all her stuff is not proprietary. It's just probably about the same. There's many bigger, much bigger streetwear brands than hers. She's just known for a lot of things. She goes in the Breakfast Club and says wild shit. And that's like an all minority hosted uh, radio show on the East Coast that is huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know that show. Yeah. Brian Seacrest, right? So she'll go on there and say wild shit. And she, you know, the Michael Shea thing, she'll go on to the thing and say and to that and say wild shit she's known for like trying to bring down the woman's march or expose the women's march whatever verb you want to use and that's saying a lot of wild shit she's like really good friends with megan mccain and writes for her husband's you know uh, page and i don't hate megan mccain but she's saying a lot of wild shit and that like her thing her shit is saying a lot of wild shit and i don't always need that it energy her energy is a lot for me in real life but on roni it fits right in none of them people are in, in touching enough to care so you're saying I shouldn't marry her? I'm saying I don't think you want to marry <laughs> a woman who would throw a water bottle at a police officer. Yes, that is that is <laughs> that seems scary. It's a very bad idea, and I would say I, that to anyone. I, I, I say it to Luann: Don't slip cuffs and threaten to kill a cop either. That's not a good idea. I once went on a date with somebody that flipped off a police officer and it was horrifying. Like, I was like, oh my God, we're about to get shot. Like, it was like really horrifying. I thought it was like, <laughs> it was just so bizarre, but yeah. But, but no, I it's great advice. Say for, for Leah, I do want more information about her life. And that's a good sign with the housewife. I want to know how she went from kissing. I don't know how much she can tell because she did win her settlement so that definitely comes with some you know contingencies but for her to tell us that she was making out on the street and then yeah threw a water bottle because she was swarmed by cops what was he who was this person you were kissing that he needed to be swarmed like by a bunch of cops what was he doing what was he on the like on the run for why was he like, wanted in this way, and then you throw a water bottle at one, and then they slam you into a like a, a, a floor grate. Like I want to know things. No, there's a whole story there, and that's what I love that we still have not even scratched the surface, and we're only what four episodes in. Right, and I appreciate her standing up to uh, Sonia, you know, and even a little bit Tinsley. You know, she was like, drop both, like you know, not to jump ahead too much, but, but I. I, I agree with her. Again, I like her on this show. I think she is one who will rival them, but I also think she's playing the long game and she's doing a lot of observation, like which ones, which I don't know how, because they're all just a bunch of messes in, in so many ways and hard to, to organize. But it seems like she's trying to figure out who she can go against, like who is going to give her the most trouble, who's on her side. Like when Ramona was ordering her around to like set the table and they were telling her like don't gotta talk to you like that something that was, I, I instantly was like oh trust me Leah is not afraid to tell this older woman don't talk to me like that there's something else she's trying to size her up a little bit yeah no it, it's uh you know do you notice also like it is funny how she seems to be able to like handle each one of those housewives and like really is able to 
the, so the only thing that I really get curious about is like, I would have loved to have seen how Bethany would have handled her. Oh, for sure. I would like, I don't miss I Bethany, really but I would have loved friends. Yes. I think she would have done the Carol thing and tried to befriend her once she realized that she was kind of like powerful and could handle the other women. Oh, I think that would have been a threat. A yes. Threat so she would have either befriended her like she did with Carol originally, or she would have worked uh, uh, behind the scenes against her. Like a Heather. It yeah. would have been like Heather 2.0. And I think that Leah can, would have been one of the few that can hold her own against Bethany and it'd be a worthy match because Dorinda always tried to go against her or Ramona. And it didn't seem like, ah, oh, I hate to say this, but it didn't seem they were on her level like it just didn't seem like that even though like i'm not about like, not about the money but just in general it seemed like their energies never matched i think leah fights calm and i i i like that that's how bethany used to fight she would come at you fast but not necessarily like out of control like ramona just starts yelling sonya starts yelling dorinda's slurring you know Luann is like upset but bethany would be pointed like her arguments were very like sharp and I think Leah would have definitely given her that back. Or yeah. Well, also, if you're not, if you're, I mean, not that Leah is like relatively sane, but what you just described is like extreme personality. So for somebody that can like, you know, is not in, in, like a walking insanity doll, you can like kind of like she could, she can make, she can, she can make all of these people her bitches in a way, you know? Oh, and I think she will. I mean, yeah. the first time this episode was the first time I truly did not feel Bethany's absence. It felt like she was never on the cast. I no, the rhythm, no the rhythm is like already at all. Think about it. It's like it's like jazz music. You're like, oh my god, this yeah. is working. This is working on a different level. Like the people that don't understand this are the people that don't watch the shows like I do. Like I'm like, this is yeah. so. This is working on five different levels. And it is so good. And you know what? And also on top of that, I will, and I'm not like anti any other shows because I will say I'm enjoying the first two episodes of Beverly Hills and I didn't think I would. So I am I, I riveted. I am into it. So I'm not like, and I, I was a big Beverly Hills hater and I believe you had similar feelings. And I am, I got to say, I'm really pleasantly surprised. Like I am so into it. Like this week of, of Housewives, I have been like overwhelmed with emotion. I have been on the, I was on the verge of tears after New York. I was like, this was the greatest thing I've ever watched. My mom, who vehemently hates the housewives, like cannot stand the yelling, the curse. She doesn't understand how I can sleep with it. Like she just like, it doesn't understand the sleep. If she listens to my podcast, has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. And <laughs> she was, at, she always has like a, a love hate with New York because they're around her age. And she likes to see women of a particular age having a great deal of fun, you know, living life and being other than mothers, like being something other than a mom. So she can like have something to look forward to too. And that's the reason I wanted her to watch. And I like to see it because I'm like, okay, when I'm 60, I want to look like Ramona and Luann yeah. and have a great ass time like Sonia. I want that life. So she sat down, she was cracking up the entire time. It was one of the fun funniest episodes I've ever seen like start to finish and I I, I definitely I want to even get into get into the details so we have the champagne pong which I loved but Ramona is still in this party and she just like runs down a roster of her men yeah but she invited and the only one that was around was this one that comes and Sonya like insults him to his 
face and is like, you mean to tell me she's like, she likes this guy? She's not into this guy. Look at him. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, and also with the countess, she he goes, oh, uh, you know, you gave me your phone number. And she was like, oh, I did. And then she like bad mouthed him too. And I'm like, these girls literally will hit on anything that moves. And then this guy is not good enough. Like uh, Luann hit, hit on the tennis instructor and the, the dog groomer. The dog and you groomer. notice, but you notice how these guys all look like if they were like the male lead in an eighties movie, like they're not like up to, they, they all seem like they're wearing like V-neck tight shirts and like acid wash jeans. Like they seem somebody out of an eighties right. movie. And those are the ones that are like, yeah. Like the ones that like, they do like a close up of like guys washing cars. Like those are the people you see in that kind of crap. And this other guy, he just looks like a rich older dude and he wasn't good enough for them. Like it's bizarre who they find attractive. Right. It's so bizarre. Cause last week we have, Ramona stealing the soul of that billionaire who was a developer, like stole his eyes and yeah, Joe, got him yeah. deep into her conversation. And he was like a short guy with like the largest white teeth I've ever seen. And Leah was like, this is the problem I have with like rich men. They can be as short and ugly as they want to and they still get people like Ramona. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And it's the same thing happened this week. I don't even think that the, a lot of people are saying and the dog groomer likely wasn't even playing on Luann's team, but Luann is like a, a, a practicing flirt. Like she has to do it every day to keep herself in, in practice. And it's like the three of them are these like nymphos. Like Sonia, Ramona, and Luann will flirt with any guy that moves, but it's really for them to have, like for Ramona, I think it's because she just wants the list. Like she just likes the energy of having multiple dates, multiple forms of attention. Because I ultimately think she's going to get back to to Mario, and she never really wanted to replace that or duplicate it, but she likes the attention. Sonya just wants the men in her bed of all ages and backgrounds, and Luann is washing the dog. It's not even hers, and I, that's not even <laughs> close to Luann. Oh, yeah. And the moment I love that. checks in on her. She, like, stands next to her and, like, chaperones, like, ooh, I see what you guys are doing. And I'm like, what is going on? These ladies are hilarious. I love that Sonia was out there with the dog groomer, and then the dog groomer was, like, using the uh, the vacuum to blow up Sonia's skirt while she was, like, dancing around. And I was like, these <laughs> these ladies make anything perverted. Like, I mean, it's just, like, it's hysterical. It's like the, like, I'm golden girls on steroids. Yeah. Dog. That's exactly what it is. And it feels very much so, like, and I love golden girls, so that's probably why I love Ronnie so much, because I could watch, like, a a, a solid two or three hours of Golden Girls a night and be very pleased. And I've seen them all a million times. And that's exactly what this reminds me of. It's like a more raunchy version of the Golden Girls. It's the Golden Girls were in New York. And Sonia is, when gets the man to give her a massage in like 2.5 seconds. And I'm like, and she's like, oh and my God, like, your never hands. Guys for lip. Yes, and, and Sonya's like, Sonya's like her pimp. She's like, there's never a shortage of guys for lit. We're gonna get more guys. Like, there's always a guy. Like, tennis this, and then there's the dog groomer, and then there's this guy. And I'm just like, I, I love the friendship. Thank you for being concerned with what really matters for her. Not to mention, just the night before, she felt so insulted by sleeping in your basement, and how you make up for it is by giving her some guys to look at. You know, the night from the lower level was all but last night. I could, uh, I literally could watch an all dating show uh, version of Real Housewives of New York. 
like where all they did was go I would on love dates. To see Sonia, Ramona, Sonia, Ramona, and um, Luann to do speed. I would love to see that, or like a blind date, but with them three, and like they rotate picking the guys for each other. Like Sonia and Ramona do it for Lou, Lou and Ramona do it for Sonia, Sonia and Luann do it for Ramona. I would love to see that because I watching Ramona flirt is the most fascinating thing. It is like watching the discovery network animal planet. It is amazing to watch. Ramona is good. She's Wait, did you just say it was like watching She's animal planet? So did you just say, yes, did you, <laughs> did you I say? Sure did. it is so there. fascinating. It's like a slow thing too. It's not like a cheetah. It's like well, the I, snakes in the grass and you don't know how they're going to eat the entire chicken, but they do it. I would pay good money to watch. Like, I want to know what Ramona taught. Like, can you get deep with Ramona? Could she let a guy get deep with her? Could could like, what if a guy was like, Ramona, I want to know like your innermost fears. And like, what, I feel like she would just talk right over you and ignore you. Like, she'd be like, take your shirt off. Ah. Well, uh, mainly I think the three of them are such practicers of old dating and flirtation like rituals that that's why they are, repetitively single I think that's really the reason they're going off of you have to flirt and keep the mystery and get them to like you know take you home and no kiss on the first day but they all kiss on the first day like they're doing very old school rom-com style flirting and dating instead of dating with the intent and then they wonder why they have that wants to be with them and stuff forever and you know they're crying about it before they order their mojito at the bar the first five minutes of the opening, Ramona. Do you think Ramona sleeps with somebody on the first date? I don't think she would. I really don't. I think that that's, I think she's she's super old fashioned in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think she, I mean, I also think, I think she talks tough and she's a flirt, but she's at the end of the day, serious and doesn't sleep on the first date. I think she is. And I think Sonia is the complete opposite and doesn't talk tough at all. I think she went to that billionaire's party like, if I'm not getting Jen out of this house, I'm getting a, a man to go home with. Yeah, Sonia, when she has like uh, like goggle eyes on, she'll sleep with anybody, it seems like. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, and for sure. So we're at Ramona... Ramona is throwing a party at her house one guy time literally the way the editors did this was hilarious the moment that all the women started getting nuts they just cut to the guy and he goes so I'm gonna go yeah <laughs> it was it was perfect great it was like, yeah it was it was he, like the best uh, line you could write Ramona, in the script yeah he knew that he was no longer welcome, nor did he want to be a part of that. He, it's amazing. I know they all know, especially Ramona's friends. They know the show. They know what it's going to look like. They have very little interest in being a part of it. And that is the sad part because it's Ramona's job. But they are like, oh, here are these cameras come again. Like, I, I know they feel that. And I can understand why. Because this episode, my God. And then Ramona decides to leave her own party at her own house and I have mixed feelings on this like is that rude or was it just negligent because do we know how these ladies get down 
it's rude. It, it is rude, but it is very Ramona. Like you shouldn't have expected anything less like that exa- is exactly what Ramona is known for. So it didn't surprise me and I loved it, but it is rude. Like that is not what you're supposed to do if you have house guests. And she left her house go- guests like completely shit faced. Right. That was the thing is it's, it's a, the point of her leaving. I was already I had written down in my notes. What the fuck is this party? Yeah. I mean, it was insane. And she was like, gonna get out of here, you guys. And she wasn't even like hiding it. She was just like, gonna leave now. And then like Sonya was like, how dare you? How dare you? And was, I like, won't walk- break bread with you tomorrow. <laughs> Sonya is a legend, okay? I don't understand how, how people find her to not be the best thing walking on New York. I'm sorry. I think Sonya is a cut above the rest. And that's saying something. This entire cast is golden. This is the most golden cast of any franchise ever in history. And I just think Sonya is something that of which I've never seen, but is yet so easy to understand. God, remember when she used to do her, her dirty cabaret? Oh, yes. Remember when she was the friend? When it was Luann and Countess and Friends? And her yeah. dress like popped open and <laughs> but what was like her Sonya it was like her it was her so dirty good. show, but like when when do you remember like four or five seasons ago when she did like the dirty show in the Hamptons? It was like the dirty cabaret that she did. She was like the lead of it was her show. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it was like in there and like everybody went and like it was you know, it, it kind of came together at the last minute, but it was still like wacky insane and it was all like these she was like dirty limericks and stuff, the and her cabar- like cabarlesque. The- yes, it was burlesque. That was it. Yeah, it was a cabarlesque, and it's nothing more Sonia than a cabarlesque. Okay, and of course, <laughs> like the toaster oven and the prosecco, it never came to fruition. So, I mean, that is kind of crazy. Like she did that cabaret before Luann did the cabaret, but you don't see her taking all the credit for it. Like Luann tried to with Skinny Girl Margarita. That's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she Ramona leaves Sonya is pissed about it so her answer is to keep drinking there's a fan, the fun thing is this did not even feel as edited as, as it, as it could have been they were just moving that record fast you know the moment there were just different aspects every five seconds you know Leah is feeding the like the champagne to Sonia and Sonia's just taking it like a baby with a bottle like mm, yum and then you know Dorinda is arguing with Ramona about you know how Ramona said that her and John are gonna laugh and she just has a vape out of nowhere and she is yeah huffing like a dragon and I am just like how did we get here what is happening and then you just see Leah sliding out of the back door in the middle of that conversation station because intensely then slides out after and so it's like what are you guys doing out here and it just felt like a kindergarten party with alcohol and non-kindergartners yeah alcohol and then then extreme nudity and uh, uh yeah. skinny dipping and throwing oh, fl- like thro- and throwing like- flames like game of thrones wishes like this is like this had everything she, and that's exactly what isn't that what she said she felt like she said, she felt like she was Daenerys or something from Game of Thrones, and she was like, "I want to throw." And I am like, "She is throwing fire." At what point well, does this get dangerous? Like she's throwing fire on glass. 
I will say that I did find it surprised that a fire did not start somehow. And Me I wonder too. what I part. I looking to that. Yeah, what part do the Bravo crew step in if she does start a fire? Like, at what point are they obligated to, like, just document and let things happen and then also save lives? Like, what was she saying? That she was like, you know, just take off. But the thing is, she was like, take off off your clothes and you she's know, like this will be a huge f you to dale this will be this yes. will be a huge yeah f you to dale which i thought well by the way that's an amazing quote because it just goes to show you how much leah does pay attention to the show and she know and she said this is an f you to high society which is tinsley's first reality show she ever did on the cw and th- it is a great callback to that and i was very shocked leah kind of name dropped that show and dale so that's that's like right, very telling. Right, but didn't to me. know Giovanni, and I'm just saying, I get people are like, she she's a fan of the show, but she didn't watch those seasons. I'm like, Giovanni wasn't just a song by Luann, because no, I didn't listen to that song regularly either. But it was a major storyline for like two seasons because it's the biggest feud between a few of the castmates. So I I, I get that well, people have also told me that it's probable that producers you know told her to kind of downplay it a, a lot. In fact, when I say people, I say a particular housewife may have, you know, told me that it is likely the producers asked her to downplay how much she knew about certain storylines on purpose. And it had happened to this housewife as well. Story for a different day or off air. But that's (laughs) what I was told had happened. Because I was like, I call bullshit. She's seen the show. And you just proved it. I mean, she was like, she did her homework. She Googled. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so she's throwing the flames, and she's saying like to basically strip of your pretentiousness. And she's saying that the tiki torches are bullshit. But her answer to that is to not just throw the tiki torches, but throw the flame too, and just pick it up and toss it in the in the green. And I'm like, this is very scary. And a lot of people have asked. I I missed it. What's what does she have against tiki torches? Did you catch it, Ryan? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, you know, of course it's, you know, uh, I mean, I knew immediately what it was referring to, but it was in a very drunken way. Like, you know, when you're drunk and you're trying to explain to somebody like, no, it's so stupid. That's why it's (laughs) stupid. You know, like, so I caught it immediately, but wouldn't it have been amazing? I would have loved if she had tried to explain what it meant to Tinsley. I would have loved to have that drunken conversation. And I think that's the thing. I think Leah just didn't have the capacity, but she almost tried. Tinsley's like, why? They're pretty. And she was like, you don't read the news. You don't know. Just get in the pool. And I'm like, I mean, she's not wrong. And I think that's where it was. It's not, and no one's saying that Ramona, you know, got tiki torches or whatever with any kind of malicious story. I think they're all just tone deaf. Like if, if there's nothing else, they're all tone deaf in a lot of ways and have no idea what's going on because their biggest issues are what's printed in page six about them. Not just what's yeah. printed in page six, just what's about them. Um, and so for people who do not know, who had, you know, were asking me questions because I, I tried to answer this as best I could. Charlottesville, Virginia, where UVA, University of Virginia is, there was a major rally of and protest of, I believe, taking down some of the Confederate um, time statues that are there. And it was yeah. pretty much a call of neo-Nazis. So there was, well, there's that famous, that, that famous photo. That... 
Yes. Yeah, remember that photo of all of them? Just like those angry, like douchebag white men all screaming with tiki torches. So gross. Yelling. All of them look like they've never been laid in their entire lives. They have so they've much. Never seen a boob. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daddy and mommy didn't buy their business that was you know all but a pipe dream and they didn't work for it so they're mad at the world that kind of energy and they're all like screaming into the dark uh, the dark sky with tiki torches as the only light and it's very 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 scary to look at it's very um saddening it was a very dark time for i have a lot of friends who were there at that time who were in college at that time and, you know, even the UVA president was like, oh, we definitely do not stand for this. But it was meant to intimidate. It was meant to cause fear. That The, the purpose was clear. It caused a lot of controversy amongst our country. It was one of the, the, well, I won't say first, but it was one of the most monumental of what would be buried by other monumental phrases. One of the most monumental things that, you know, the current president has ever said was that there was very fine people on both sides. The media had a very <laughs> big issue with calling s- proclaimed Nazis fine people. Um, they were like, um, don't know if we should be calling a group of people that incite violence and riots and things and are known for um g- mass genocides and fine people but okay yeah uh, it was very very hard to live down um and the tiki torches so many different vendors in america stopped selling tickets in general and the ones that did had a lot of signed up and they were like this is we are not you know selling these for hate please do not buy this with the intent to you know spread hate and you know to hurt people or to make people scared and incite fear and all that stuff like some people took it off the market completely Completely. So her energy of these tiki torches of bullshit is not wrong. She was just not in a coherent state to explain all that to Tinsley, who was like, "Why are you throwing fire?" <laughs> but see, that's why that's why that's why the show works so well is because they're <laughs> dropping in crazy things like that out of nowhere, like intense like history about our nation in the midst of like a naked drunken pool party. Like it's, 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 <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and then we have a, like, and then they all end up coming after they skinny dip in the pool and are all over each other and stuff. And it is Sonya and Tinsley and Leah. Then they come in and the three of them basically get into a war about last names because Elise, who is the most pointless friend of in history, she comes in and she's like, I'm sorry. And Sonya is unleashed all over again about you called me a trophy wife. I am not a trophy wife. She's a trophy wife. And Leah has to explain to her, sweetie, first of all, both of you are trophy wives. If you have to defend it, you probably were one. Second of all, you keep saying you are insulted by this and you turn around and use it to insult Tinsley. So that's a problem. And Sonya was like, oh. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying I'm not a trophy wife. I married the bank, not the banker. And I'm like, you married the bank's like great grandson, but okay. And she's like, I'm in the book. I'm in the blue book. And my mom goes, isn't a blue book for a car? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, actually. So there is like a record book of being married to this man, but I'm sure very, she goes, it says, this Morgan Dash married Sonia. And I'm like, it also probably says semicolon divorce Sonia. <laughs> At some point in as well, you were married like 15 years ago. 
that's the other thing is I, w- I want to see how the rest of the Morgans dealt with Sonia. Like I, w- I would love to know what the conversations are about Sonia and that family. Yeah. And I posted something on my Instagram and it was um, Sonia and Ramona or Sonia and her ex-husband. And what's funny is a Sonia is wearing the exact same dress that she wore to the billionaire. And- and they're not the same night or anywhere close at the same time. And I just love a frugal housewife. So you go, Sonia. <laughs> but it's her and her ex-husband at the Morgan Library for their LGBT event. And I, I, I'm going to read it again. And she said, didn't see hashtag Ramona here. Guess she wasn't invited. Clown emoji. Because it wasn't in it wasn't a hashtag open house disguised as a social event for the quote-unquote in people in the hashtag Hamptons celebrating hashtag Ramona hashtag sorry not sorry hashtag real estate hashtag who's your broker hashtag what's your kickback what did you think when singer singer made that comment hashtag projection and I was just like oh my someone put her in a museum I how do you not, how do people not think so? She's just such a top three housewife to me. Who would say, all of that, all of that came from, this is me with my ex-husband, the bank, and we are still very good friends, and I'm still invited to the Morgan events. And I just, I love her so much. But see, I feel like she, I, I feel like she, I feel like she is, I was watching this, uh, and I don't like sports, but I was watching that ESPN documentary, The Last Dance. And it was about oh, the Chicago too. Bulls. And I feel like Ramona is like Scottie Pippen, you know, like she's very powerful and she'll never get the due that like a Michael Jordan will, like say like a Bethany will or somebody like that. But she's such right. a strong, strong, strong utility player that's just as big of a star, but she could never, she could never, you know, be a Jordan or a Bethany Frankel or a, um, uh, I'm trying to think who else like a Lisa Vanderpump or something like that. She, cause she's too, right. she's too specialized in so many ways. I would, yes, I, I completely agree. We have a, a few of those on a lot of different franchises where the side player is in your, your mind. You're like, how are they not the biggest one here? Because they're doing so much of the work. And it's interesting because then you see the people who are the MJs of the group, like Nene, they couldn't do it without a sidekick. And uh, a Portia Williams can do it alone and together and everything else. Sonya can do it alone or together. She doesn't, she, when she's with Ramona, it's great. When she's by herself, it's even better. But, it, you know, yes, you're right. She's never going to get, she is going to be seen as that Scottie Pippen player. And that's, I mean, it's, it's in one respect, it's great because, you know, there, but it, it does feel like she is deserved of total respect because Sonya could carry the show. If she doesn't need to, thank goodness she has a good supporting cast. But Sonia is her fight and her persistence on she doesn't want to let it go and but doesn't feel annoying yet either. And though we've had this conversation with her about this damn bank for like five seasons it feels you would think she just got divorced sixty days it just came through and her daughter is a, a, a crisp ten and doesn't know how she's going to handle it. But really, it's because the entire life she's ever known as a Morgan, the child support, the lovely home and everything, it's over. Her daughter's in college now. You know, she's no longer married. And Tinsley and her share a lot of that in the, in the same regard. But 
the difference is, you know, Tinsley did marry her high school sweetheart and she came from money and Sonya didn't. So that security kind of left with her husband. But Leah's advice is to both of them, drop the Mortimer and drop the Morgan. And well, Tinsley, you know, we, I don't have to ask you think that they both should do the same things and drop the last name. But Tinsley's about to drop it anyway because she's about to become, you know, Mrs. Coupon King. <laughs> the true, the uh, true lineage of the Coupon King. Exactly. And their arguments, you know, lead to Leah's leg being on the island. And that was fun. Luann's taking a sip of what people have said is probably iced tea. I'm hoping it was iced tea. At the same time, she's allowed to drink, but I think she would consider it a failure if she drank on TV. Did you catch that? She was taking a sip of something I did, a yeah, I did. Deep red. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I could see her sneaking sips here and there, you know. I feel like she would try to protect it from being on camera, but you never know. If she didn't think the camera was like, picking up and like you know a bunch of action she might have like sipped something really quick especially when you're dealing with that much you know that that crazy like you you figure like nobody's gonna notice her the rest of them were so off the walls i'm taking a sip of wine i feel should have been she was owed like to handle all of that sober i would not have been able to do though she was a bit pretentious and a bit on her high horse and she was saying is this what i'm like when i drink and I'm like, sweetie, we have pulled you out of many a bush. Like, many a bush. <laughs> we have seen you assault cops. You've slipped cuffs. You literally ran around. Are you kidding me? Yes, you're like that. And it's just interesting because Leah told us that she hasn't drunk, drunk in years because she doesn't feel like she has a problem, but she doesn't like how she can kind of go all in and really just lights go dark. And we see that she's all in. She's fighting with Sonya. She's throwing fire. She's jumping in pools naked and then comes in practically naked. And Dorinda gives her her bustier to put on and corsets her up. And she asks her, why do you have wings there? She goes, because it flies. And yeah, I think that was on her vagina. And I that was, was a star. Like, that was a star is born moment. That was a star is born <laughs> moment. I think that was amazing. <laughs> and because it flies was like, you had this answer. In your repertoire, you've been asked this before. Oh, I totally. Believe you believe this. I was like, for a moment, I was like, you're the most likable person on this cast. And yeah. coming again, and that's a lot coming from me. And I was like, this is, that was fantastic. She came in with a shirt on, but like everything is hanging out. So I'm like, you might as well just not even wear the shirt. I got to tell you, though, Dorinda I, it really is not having a great season so far, and I don't think it's going to get any better for her. But her, like, no. trying to get her to cover up, it just made it just like it made her seem like so matronly and grandmotherly and not in a sweet way and just kind of like a, hey, let her do what you let her do what you but also judgy way. Do you notice also that she keeps standing up for Luann and her drinking and her talking heads, which lead me to believe that we're really going to be focusing on Dorinda's drinking later this season. And that's why she's throwing Luann all these bones in her talking head of like, yeah, I don't think Luann has a problem. It's just like, you know, we all like to drink. And like, she really is standing up for Luann and those talking heads in regards to Luann's drinking, which makes me think that Dorinda, we're going to really see a lot of Dorinda's drinking the remainder of the season. Right. And if we remember, she has been criticized, especially by Bethany and having a problem with drinking for a few seasons. The problem was it got overshadowed because Luann actually got booked. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, you know, and I do think she realizes that could happen to anybody and it, and it could, but it's just very, it's very interesting to, uh, I, I'm just very interested to see where the remainder of the season goes from here. Yeah. Dorinda is, there's, there's darkness there and it feels a little bit overshadowing sometimes. And, um, but at the same time, like we don't give it enough attention to kind of call it out because there's always just so much else going on. And, you know, we have some trying to go to the bathroom because she, she's been so upset that she has to go pee. And Rhea comes and practically buries her face in Sonya's crotch on the toilet and gets on her level and is like, okay, I'm, I just wanted you to know, like, I want you to be better than Morgan. And, like, you deserve so much more than Morgan. And, and at no point does Sonya say, can we talk about this when I get out the bathroom? Because that's just not even... And I, I just, I think maybe because we are in quarantine and I am washing my hands and washing everything that comes in and out of my doors a million times a day, <laughs> that I am so hyper aware of space, proximity, germs, nastiness. She's holding the toilet paper, waving it around. And I'm just like, you are so close. I want to scream. I needed to take a shower almost immediately afterwards. No hands were washed after this you know bathroom break Leah kisses her and they're hugging and I'm like the toilet paper was just there I'm very stressed by all of this but they made up Yay. <laughs> oh my god yeah no we're truly blessed uh, I mean I'm, I'm just very I'm like just I, I just wish I could have the remainder of the season right now I do too I really do too I, I would like to see all of it I want to binge it I don't understand why they're not all quarantined together. I think that would that's a missed opportunity. We should get Big Brother, Real Housewives of New York style, in the Hamptons with Ramona. And then they're all just every day. Hey, we just watch them. Because I could watch these ladies do anything. When they hid under the covers from Ramona, because she comes in and she's shocked her house is in disarray. And I'm like, this is what you get because you left. You yeah. should have known. Don't leave your home, your mansion to these women. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, I, I do think Bravo does need to start. I mean, like you mentioned uh, earlier about the Real Housewives of Atlanta um, uh, Zoom reunion. Zoom, what did you call it? Zoom, Zoom union? Zoomian. Zoomian, yeah, Zoomian. You, you know, it's it's Bravo, like, because TLC is really getting in the game with, like, you know, quarantine and 90 Day Fiance is that I think, you know, Bravo has watched what happens live for him in Andy's home, but they really need to start thinking about what they're going to do and they could just give cameras to these housewives and and I'm sure their lives they could piece something together from quarantine you know oh absolutely I would love to see that happen too I mean if anything just you know send over um a great uh camera crew to just and Mario and her and her and that negligee running around cooking fajitas you know with the peppers still having the stick on i would love to see that um they're one of the, the the new york cast is one of the few things that i could watch any day any night because they are a gift the gift that keeps on giving and i cannot wait for the rest of the season because I, I trust them with my entertainment unlike the hit or miss feelings that i've had for beverly hills where i am so afraid i knew this season i I was going to watch out of solidarity just because I started it. I remember the first day it premiered and I do it for this podcast. People who don't watch can know, but I'm telling y'all if we get nothing else for the rest of the season, the first two episodes were retribution for the last season that we got of that damn dog. 
Yeah, I mean, Lucy, Lucy, Apple, Juicy, or whatever the heck. I mean, I got to say, like, I, I went back and watched that first episode a couple times for the podcast, and it got better each time I watched it. And I don't even mean just the Denise Richards stuff at the end. The entire episode works, and the second episode works as well. It's very good. And I was sitting there with the second episode, and I thought to myself, producers heard. They read the news. They read the Twitters. I think they're listening because I've heard them say often it's hard to give everyone what they want, but I think they knew they needed to do something if they could not completely recast or anything like that. They needed something. And I really feel like they strong-armed these ladies and were like, you will film. You will talk. If you don't, you will not be paid. Well, Erica Jane is actually participating. Erica Erica Jane seems like she's liking filming. She's like she's opening up to the other lady. It just it's like crazy. Her husband's on the on the camera. She called him last week. She's talking about what and it's like to have like sex with an eighty year old. Him. And she I mean, talks she... about how it's not great. <laughs> I mean, it's really. I mean, which is by the way, like that. I I if I was a powerful man in my eighties, I don't know if I would be cool with my wife talking about our sex life on TV. You can tell she was so caught off guard when Garcelle asked her that question. Garcelle was like, and so how's the sex? We're just talking about how much we love him, and that's great. And she has to take a, a bite of food and swallow it. And, I, I, you know, Erica was a bit taken aback. And she goes, I mean, is it like, you know, having sex with a 30-year-old and going all day? No. And Garcelle was like, yeah, and we don't want that, right? And she's like, no, we don't need that anymore. And I'm like... So, a.k.a., if you and Tom ever divorce or, or God forbid anything happens to him, though his lifespan will last shorter than you, you will be with a 30-year-old. I can expect it at this point because that's exactly what that sounded like to me. It was like, okay, I love my, my husband and it's good for what this is, but everything else, I think all the other pros just outweigh that one unfortunate circumstance. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, we're I think it's filming. been, um... wait, what was that? We're filming Erica. We're filming, we're filming, even, um, we get Dorit and PK and this new house, which was not news to a lot of people, but I actually have some information about this house and I am not the proudest of what I had to do to get, but you know, some people, I just am very fortunate with the relationships and the friends that I have made through this podcast and the Instagram and everything because a very very great friend from Instagram's husband is is deep in the finance and the real estate of Beverly Hills and yes honey I looked up we have got I got actual proof that I can't post because credentials were used to get this court these court documents of who owns this new home Oh, yeah, I mean, the who owns Dorit and PK's home or who owns? Yes, Dorit and PK's new $6.7 million yes. farm, modern farmhouse in Valley Village or whatever. That's what it looks like. like. It looks like all the other Vanderpump Rules houses. It looks completely like it. Like, and in my mind, I was like, they, they could possibly afford this, right? Because it's definitely a downsize. And I did not, but I didn't buy when Denise said, I mean, I'm sorry, when um, Dorit said, we loved our other home, but it never felt like home to us. I'm like, Are you, really? I don't buy that. 
And then when the producers flat out asked her, and I love the breaking of the fourth wall, I wanted every episode now. I never want to live without it again. When they asked her straight up, so who's the same as the home under, yours or PK's? And she said, it's under Dorit's, it's my house. And they're like, well, why isn't your husband on the house? And she goes, does that matter? And that, in my mind, is when I said, oh, it matters, and I'm going to find out. Oh, wow. This is all alleged. And you found out. So, yes, I did. So, the thing is, when it comes to the Dorit name is not technically on the home. It is owned by someone, allegedly. It's owned more so by a trust. All of this, I actually had proof for it, so it's not alleged, but just in case, because Reed is apparently out here listening to things again, so just in case, we want to keep a fan, not lose a fan. So, it's in the name of an LLC. There mm-hmm. is an LLC that has the name Alden Road, and that the owner of the LLC is Dorit. Her name is listed as one of the trust, the trustees for this LLC. So, in technicality, sure, she has, but she actually has stake in the home because the entire home and the entire mortgage is not is not in this LLC's name. It's also in a, a trust of a wealthy family known as the Nazarians as well. Um, allegedly. So in the revocable trust, the owner, a second owner is also Dorit. So she is a part owner. She has stake in the house. And in, in what I was explained in breaking it up and allegedly she owns like basically kitchen to the door. That's how much of it would be in her name, but really <laughs> in the trust name. But apparently that's also not uncommon because a lot of these housewives put their money and stuff in a trust so they can get a line of credit from the like for instance Sonia it's been rumored a lot of times from people who have interned and stuff with her because she loves her interns apparently she talks too much in that the Prosecco the toaster oven the cookbooks all those things she'll get you'll get an LLC so you can get a line of credit from the bank because your actual credit is not good enough for whatever reason and you try to find a different way to get money, get an extended line of, of money or a loan that you could not get otherwise on your own. And so yeah. having a trust by a house is not unheard of apparently, uh, but that's what Dorit did because, and I would understand that because PK is what? Borderline bankrupt. Like he said he had a bankruptcy. I don't know how you go from a billion dollars to a bankruptcy, but that's what they wanted us to know this episode. And he tried <laughs> to transfer all his money to Dorit and the judge like froze it and said, no, you can't do that. But that was kind of th- their way of protecting it. And I think that if they put his name on the home as well, it could be seized. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I think we can see where this is all headed, but I, I hats off to Beverly Hills. I mean, they really are making the producers a part of it. Like the, the voice of the producer, which I love. And like the fact that they were on camera together answering these questions finally is I, I feel like a huge step forward for the show uh in general like they really like this is something that we've been talking about forever behind the scenes and the fact that they're actually facing it and i gotta tell yeah. you it didn't it didn't make them look amazing it, it didn't look like it didn't like like dorit's explanation still made us go like uh okay like it was still weird yes to the point where 
so I believe because, you know, in the trailer thing at the end of the first episode, we see Denise yelling, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. And I said <laughs> on here that, you know, that has been explained to me that they do that on OC. Vicky used to do that to get the scene cut. And when they want to stop talking about something, you yell it a bunch of times because they can't use that. They, they have to cut it out because it's the breaking of the fourth wall. But I think this year the producers are like, we're just going to use whatever the hell we, we want. And the same thing happened with Dorit and PK sitting down. She took a mint and she gave PK a mint. And to me, that made me think as much as like as pros as do as Dorit and even PK are, she did that thinking that if they were chomping on a mint, they weren't gonna use the the, the, the audio. You know what? Because but I I love it. I love that's a great thought, but I love that they keep it in because I feel like to me, oh yeah, I, I love, love watching I love watching them chomp on a mint. Like to me, that was like fascinating in its own way like pk sucking on a mint i thought it was so bizarre and i loved it and i was like i want more stuff yeah. like that like let him keep trying to like i feel like there must have been some edict laying laid down between seasons that like and i wonder if an email went out to the housewives saying hey we're going to go deeper this season than we ever have you can either be a part of it or you do not have to be but that's where we're headed you know right it's not like we had a lot of you know employment options so if this is the job and they're like you signed up to do a reality show we're getting into your life no one is safe period you know what i, I want i want i want them to go to editing you know things yeah i want them to go to dorit's 20-year high school reunion like could you imagine going back and that. seeing i would Cause just because we've all seen that picture of dorit too Yes, we've all seen those pictures of Dorit in high school. Could you imagine Dorit now, like the Dorit who she is now, showing up to that high school? Nobody would know. I mean, you know, it would just be yes, hysterical watching would it. be so confused. They're like, what is this woman? And I, I, you know what? And you're right. I like seeing them chomping on the mint, too, because I think they wanted so badly to get it cut. I mean, and I don't blame them. They asked them flat out, are y'all con men? And I spit out my drink. I was very much so taken aback by that question. They were like, you know, people are saying this and they're saying you're con man. How do you respond? And I was like, oh my, oh, oh my God. Well, okay. I mean, and know what's even better is that next week you get a, a preview where Teddy breaks down because she's basically called boring. Breaking down. And I, I loved that in the first episode, Sutton did call her boring all but she was like you know <laughs> every one of these women are dressed super inappropriately for the event but it's just even worth mentioning she's wearing a I, black romper and i said I love wow it. i love she it i love nailed it nailed it on the head um popular opinion i don't hate sutton i actually think she is fun to watch sutton is meant to be hated and that's why she works like you need to hate somebody like but i like her on the show i think she's great like she already in two episodes she she's me done of a southern ramona the way yeah. she hosted a town hall with the mayor at her opening, he is there. He doesn't even know her name. And she's like, hey, so a couple things. The parking tickets, gotta go. Where can I park? Don't understand that. Why is there so much traffic here? Can we do something about that? But by the way, he, like, like my, my boss is like congratulations her. Congratulations and go. My oh, boss God. is like her. There are, there, there are high, like, there's a very similar, I know girls. I know girls and guys like Sutton and they get things done because they're, they have no filter and they just say like bizarre things at bizarre times. And usually people like that end up being highly successful. I 
I couldn't agree with you more. Like they never take no for an answer. They never stop doing stuff. Yeah, they don't. They, uh, their their obliviousness they, helps them in life. It's it's crazy, and I'm just very fascinated by her too. I want to know more about you know. I, the only reason she wasn't a full time housewife was because her kids couldn't film because she was contracted to be one. Um, that was the they announced Bravo announced her as a full time housewife, but her husband, her ex husband would let them film, and we can tell she has some kind of money because she literally said to us, "It would be cool to make our money," and I was like, "It's not the case for anyone else." <laughs> they opened up stores and things, so they literally have to. It's a driving force. But she goes, "It would be fun," and I just I liked it. I don't know. I missed the like the old, the obscene wealth on the show. Left with like the Adrian Maloofs, I, I miss it. Well, and that's why I I feel like we still get the extreme wealth, and we're getting really good character studies here. And so that's why I feel these first two episodes, like we're really lucky compared to how the last three seasons of Beverly Hills has been. Yeah, I feel this has been the agree. best, the best it could possibly have hoped for. I feel like the it's best. back on track. It's like everybody's talking to to make up for all the other three seasons. Yeah, but it's like we we see all the same Bravo people online, and it, you know it's really nice when everybody kind of agrees on something, and everybody's been really in agreement. I think about this season of Beverly Hills has been really great. I would agree. I, I definitely agree. I also feel that they're going to take some shots. I don't think anyone on this cast is safe. Uh, like we said, we saw Teddy breaking down because she called boring. I agree with Sutton when she said, when Teddy told them, you know, I don't care if they're going to go. I really don't give a crap. And Sutton's like, well, if you don't care, why am I going? Because I was going. Yeah. So don't tell me you don't care if I'm already coming. And I agree. Because I'm like, don't waste my time. If you don't want no one there, I don't need to be there. Like, don't tell me I have to come. We get it. You're hosting a boring event. You want us to come support you. But we don't want to. So don't make it optional because we're going to choose not to go. And but also that gonna even come after or go ahead no that backfired on teddy though because you could tell teddy said that because she is so wildly insecure that she was like hey guys i don't even care that you like i'm gonna invite you this but i don't even care that you have to you don't even have to go i don't even care and teddy deeply cares about everything so the fact that she got called on it she didn't she didn't count that on it like she thought that would make her look cool if she acted like she didn't care and she's not counting on somebody like Sutton calling her on it so it really backfired on her and I feel like she just didn't count on that because Teddy's big weakness is she's wildly insecure and she knows she doesn't she's not these girls don't treat her on the same echelon and she's really lucky that Kyle likes her and that's the only reason she is kind of still on the show I feel is because Kyle needs a sidekick other than that yep, she has no purpose on the show and she knows it deep down so the fact that like when Sutton oh, calls her on this not even that deep down I think she yeah. knows it on the surface yes and she breaks and, down immediately because it's that Erica on the surface yeah and Erica says it next week she goes oh she's about to turn uh oh she's about to cry and I'm like oh y'all have hit it on y'all are y'all are terrible but I love it like they really called her out like here you go crying again like they're over it and we're over it too and I'm a preach I think they all have listened to the streets I think Erica listened. She's opening up more. I think they listen. The producers have listened. We want to know what's going on. What's pick a lawsuit, pick a scam. We want to know something about it. And I even think that in the first episode, I felt it was a little shady to have when Kyle called Mauricio during you know her uh, her fashion <laughs> show, and he was like at his office party or something. I felt it a little shady to have the subtitles come up where you just see woman colon come take a. Sh- 
shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. Well, by the way, also, first off, they're like, no one is safe. First off, don't have the agency parties in your backyard when you've had the same house get like burglarized like a year before. You know, like like how many people are you letting into your house nowadays still after you got like what like million dollar in purses stolen a year and a half ago? Right, and I'm also really questioning a fashion show during New York Fashion Week, which is what this was, is very long in advance. Not to mention New York Fashion Week itself is scheduled far in advance. The amount of money that Kyle put in, because she definitely put in any time and effort, but the amount of money Kyle put into this design, this line, you knew of this fashion show. So I'm just really wondering what the real reason is that he could not postpone a party for a business that he owns that is his, at his house, where he could also have supported his wife, that could not, that could not have been moved. No, so it's, I'm it's, very it, curious as to that. No, it, you know, it, it, well, and, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but what are your thoughts on this is that I don't think we're going to see this this season, but I would pay good money to watch Arena Takedown. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think that's unpopular. I do. I, I like Rena for all intents and purposes, but she has often said that her who she is on the show is not who she is. That's why she calls her Rena. She's playing a character. One of the reasons I like having actresses on Beverly Hills, they're all playing characters and well I yeah but this character, character i feel the only I, person I, I think is not really the only one i feel like is not really playing a character at the moment is garcelle because she has enough booked and busy job like she's actually booked <laughs> but she has no other time to do anything but be herself but yeah. rena to me is she plays what she thinks she is casted for and that's to stir the pot i had an issue with her talking about her daughter's uh you know mental health uh, um struggles with Teddy and it wasn't because of people like well maybe she asked her daughter I said it's but it's her daughter's idea to talk about it on social media with her few thousand followers that's fine we're not talking yeah. about it to the few million of us without her daughter present makes me itchy especially because she's talking about what her therapist said like that isn't that a HIPAA violation or something like the daughter is 18 and you're telling us when the therapist told you in confidence and the girls told the therapist in confidence and you're telling us and Teddy, who also on a hike, like this is not, we're not in a concern. This, this doesn't feel like this is the, the stage for this. Well, also, do you think, do you, do you, I, you know, at the end of the first episode when she talked about like they were doing the Denise Richards clips and, you know, she was like, they were like, you gotta, you gotta share it all. And some people just aren't ready for that. And it's like, Rinna, dude, um, remember when you freaked out about Harry Hamlin when, um, you know, when the rumor about Harry Hamlin almost got brought up and she threatened the Richard sister with a glass, you know, like yes. uh, there's a whole Hamlin thing that still is not being brought up on this show. And the fact that Rena is like maybe going to like say Denise isn't sharing everything. She should be really careful. And that's why I think Rena is like eventually not this season, but next season she's going to like there's going to be a takedown because the Internet comes for everybody at one point. And I think the same thing with Bravo Housewives shows sure like the Housewives show will come for everybody at one point. And I think Rena's time is right around the corner. And it almost happened last year. But Vanderpump couldn't pull it off and she went down the tubes instead. And I believe Rena was a big part of that happening. So I think Rena will eventually have like be taken down next next year. Oh, I think that it's going to, they're, they're going to rotate 
update because it's like every year it's supposed to set their sights on someone. And I think that this year it was Denise. I just think it backfires. I really do. I think Denise has the energy and the time and the confidence to come back at them that Lisa Vanderpump did not that year. Because I don't think that it's not that LVP couldn't stand up to them. I think she was extremely overwhelmed and uh, it was a lot. And she, I think she was tired. But Denise just got here and she has all the time in the world and she needs the money. And she has even been going on Twitter and said, I stopped filming in December. I missed two parties. I filmed everything else. But and, also Denise I mean, doesn't care about that. like the, Denise parts. doesn't care about the ritziness of all these other ladies. She like, she wants money, but she doesn't care about like the dresses and fashion week. And she thinks she sees it for what it is. And it's all pretty silly. And I think she has like a healthy dose of reality in that sense. So they right. can't get to her that way. Like that doesn't do anything to her in that sense, you know, like she doesn't want her money fucked with, but the, the glitz and glamour of it, she does not give a shit about. Right. And she's doing it from a perspective of like, this is my job for my kids. Not like that. I need to owe you guys as respect, but the only reason that I think she ever, the only reason she even quit a little bit or, you know, not quit, but stop filming was because you were coming after her family. And that's a very, very different category for her and I think she comes back for a reason it's like you're gonna maybe this has worked in the past maybe this has worked for other women and it worked for LVP but it's not gonna work for me yeah I mean and that's why I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how all this goes down I'm and... excited I'm very very excited to see where this goes and I think that if I got nothing else this season, I actually still would be pleased, but I just think we're going to get so much and it feels good to look forward to a housewife show again, especially being Beverly Hills because Beverly Hills used to be so good. Oh, but also remember though, the last couple of years watching Beverly Hills was like watching homework, like doing homework. Like I didn't want yeah. to do it, but I knew it was an obligation. It was like, it was like hanging out with the family member that you're forced to hang out with and you hate to hang out with that person, but yeah, because because they're family. That's what Bravo, that show turned into for me. So for the past two weeks that I've actually enjoyed watching it, I was like, am I changing as a person or is this show actually just great? No, it's the show. They're giving us what we deserve and I feel owed this. And this is why I will never stop being critical of these shows. And it's not because I hate them all, it's because I know what they can be and they can be better. And now- Well, oh my God, see, that's exactly it. Is that you know- you know, the people that really care about these shows, I think, know what makes them work. And that's why a show like Vanderpump Rules really frustrates me. That's what I said about Vanderpump Rules this this week was that I said, this can all be fixed. This can be fixed very easily. It's just that the producers are something they're too close to it and they're making it so bad and it doesn't have to be this bad. They've got the raw footage there. They're just not editing it together. Like, and I feel like you know the same thing. It's like you know how these shows work when they're in they're really working. But then like sometimes they just lose it so badly. And I think they just need to get back on the track somehow. And they have all the working parts. They're just not putting them together the right way, you know? Ah, okay. Yeah. So I've heard the Vanderpump rules. We'll switch over to that this week. Didn't do well. I have heard many, <laughs> many, many of the good, like the solid Vanderpump Rules fans and the solid Bravo podcasters be like, I think I'm done. Like, I can't. Like, I don't it's... know what else to do. And so I'm you made not, the right call I'm, I'm all concerned. those weeks ago. You made the right call all those weeks ago when you stopped watching. <laughs> the thing is, though, the, the thing is, so I tweeted out two weeks ago when it aired. I said, worst episode of the season. And then uh, last Tuesday, I tweeted out after the episode, I was wrong last week because it turns out this week was the worst episode of the season. 
they're having worse episode after worse episode oh, yeah. and it's so far down the toilet where they have there's just it's i you don't even know where to start but i can start with brett and max just two of the most unappealing thirsty um uncharismatic people that should not be on the show they really put their money behind a love triangle storyline that nobody gives a shit about with dana max and brett like, I got to tell you, Max doesn't even seem like he wants to be in scenes. And Brett seems like he wants to be in every scene. Like, Brett is so thirsty that it is alarming. Like, he cannot seem to get a storyline to save his life, yet he wants to be in every storyline. And you just don't like care about any of them. the storyline ever, it seemed like he was, like, trying to get with his boss and get with this married older woman with LVP. And that but by the way, we already saw that with Schwartz. We saw that with Schwartz. We saw that with Schwartz in a charming way the first couple seasons. Yes, because that was real. This is this is him forcing storylines or the producers forcing storylines on him. And it just goes to show why he was like actually hired for the show because he was a YouTuber before this. He didn't just get a waiter job at Sir. He was brought into this show. Like that's why it does not work. He was not legitimately, he's not legitimately a part of this show. Like, I mean, Max is more legitimately a part of this show than Brett because Max actually does work as a manager at TomTom. And he has been there for a, a, before the show even aired. It's just that Max is completely unappealing and uncharming. He's just one of those people that doesn't work on camera. He looks bored all the time. And it, it befuddles right. me, it befuddles me when I see people attracted to him because it just doesn't read on camera. To me, I'm like, I don't understand how anybody's fighting over this dude when he comes across as just, like, lazy-eyed and boring. Interesting. And I hear that we were missing a few vets, so that means that there was even more time spent on these newbie people. Um, I, I, I heard that, like, Jackson and Brittany weren't present. Yeah, so which normally would be an amazing, but normally Jackson Brittany being on the show would be um, not being on the show would be amazing. It would be something to be celebrated. Yeah. But this to actually miss them is horrifying, and it shows oh, how. God. And then you you don't get Ariana and Tom like Tom you Tom you get like some like he comes in at the end to like do a softball game challenge with uh, Sir, and like he does it effectively because he's like a yes man to everything. He's like, yeah, that'll be awesome. But that's the only scene we get between like him and Ariana, like. And then Danny Pellegrino told me that Ariana actually was hammered at that party and they have footage of it and they don't even show it. Yeah, this scene, they're just missing opportunities here because like I heard, you know, we don't, y'all don't get anything about Sheena freezing her eggs. When I watched that journey on Instagram, and it was a lot. Like it was actually something I would have loved to have seen. It was a lot of footage, you know, for her to also have done it alone would have been a great way of pointing out the isolation that she feels and that she bought a home and all these things and they aren't there so i'm just it, in my mind i'm like so what are you filming like what are what are you actually trying to show because i'm hearing it's not much but i'm hearing also you have everything and that means no that means nothing to me where's the disconnect yeah it, it, it's just like well it, the disconnect i think is them jamming these new characters down our throats and like us just not caring. But I got to tell you, like I care more about Danica and Charlie than I do Dana at this point. I mean, cause like, I just like, they come in say a couple, like ah. they say a couple like funny off, like quirky things. And I'll tell you, 
that Danica is a troublemaker and like they need to focus a little bit more on her because I feel like she could actually make some stuff happen. But this they're like championing Dana as like the lead of the series all of a sudden. Like, how did she become the female lead undeservedly? And I don't dislike Dana, but I don't I think you have to bring in characters, not all of a sudden make this character a lead. Right. It's like they try to they, they're trying to, to determine for us who we'll connect to and who we rally behind. And yes. that's also one of the reasons why I've gotten tired of this show, the last couple reunions, is because it felt so extremely like they they automatically think we will side with whatever they have decided. And that's where I get off. And it was the same thing in ended up having with Beverly Hills and those producers. It wasn't that I was so team LVP. It's that the, y'all gave me no choice because I'm not going to go with what you say because you said it. And I felt like with Vanderpump Rules, it's like they feel like if they all do this thing and if they all hate Kristen, we'll all hate Kristen. And I'm like, that's not how this works. And if anything, it's going to make me want to do the complete opposite because I don't understand what you're angry at. Like, you've given me no context here. You're just mad. And now I'm like, if anything, I've feel that the reason that Stassi at least is so over Kristen I think it has to do with Bo I have not watched I have heard people recap it and I remember frequently that they introduced each other after their on screen kiss in a movie that they did together and I am like so is there jealousy here is there something else going on what is the issue the insecurity with with Kristen because you're so over her and it can't be about this boy that she was I mean, dating because she also literally fucked your ex, your boyfriend, in, that's, in, in in her home. Well, that's what she says. She does say like that is the one interesting scene of the whole show is that the very end she freaks out on Bo and Kristen, and she freaks out on Bo especially oh. the day before that they get engaged or that he asks her to get married supposedly. But the thing is, you know, she does bring up the triggering fact, and it is true. Like, at the end of the day, we can all be team Kristen, but Kristen did fuck Jax multiple times and lied about it multiple times. The thing that I'm shocked is that Stassi ever continued to be friends with her in the first place, but it was only because Stassi was in a weak position and wanted to get back on the show. Remember? Because, like, nobody accepted her back in that friend group when she came back from New York. So I think she, like... But like Kristen, in all reality, shouldn't they should not be friends. Kristen was not a good friend to her. And I think I think in turn that is like coming to bite Kristen back on the ass right now, because I would be, you know, Stasi does have a reason to like not trust Kristen around her guys, period. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it goes beyond even Jack. So I really do believe that her and Bo either maybe dated or tried to date or something like that. Or, like, for instance, this movie that was made was made well before she ever introduced Stassi to Bo, but she introduced Stassi to Bo. So I'm like, did you not think that he was going to be good for her beforehand? Because she was, there was some some gaps between Patrick and uh, the other one with the sweater and Jack. So there was some gaps in between. So I'm like, what was, what's the real story here? But that's also the point of why I had to get off of Vanderpump Rules is that they don't give me enough information. They just have reactions, and I don't understand these reactions, and they don't feel genuine. They feel like they've been cut up a bunch of times and pasted together, and I'm like, okay, so this is all I have to work with is that there was a wine. You don't want the wine anymore. You're yelling. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I don't know. It, it's, it's, but at the same time, it's, it's 
it's just none of it works. Like we, you know, like, you know, it's just another thing that like, how do we get this scene between Kristen and Stassi that actually really means something in the scope of the whole show. And they put it in the last two minutes of an episode when the whole thing should have been spread out through the entire episode. They're just not doing even like the, the, the people that we care about, they're not even showing their storylines done well. So it's like this really lopsided thing where it's like, these are characters that we've, we followed for like eight seasons and you're just, you're telling this story in the worst possible way. So it, it makes it seem like this kind of weird addendum to a show that we already don't care about when it's like, this is the show. Their relationship is the show. If this relationship's breaking down, we need to see every piece of it and you need to get cameras on it nonstop. You need to force those scenes to happen, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that um, if they have a zoom in themselves, I will watch. I do think I will watch so that I can finish out this chapter of my life because I don't see myself returning. I think that Vanderpump is, I don't know, but I think that it's basically become its own worst enemy. I think that the entire cast is so big, it's too big for their own good at this point. And so they're not giving us what we what we came to love about them and that was that desperation without so much thirst for what they knew was going to happen because now these new people they know what the goal is they know exactly what could happen and it's the million dollar homes it's the valley it's the endorsement they know what's there now but before these kids wanted to be like actors and models and we were going with them they're like yeah i was an extra on 90210 i'm great and I'm like, I miss those days, but we can never get back to that. And it's not going to be authentic anymore, at least not under this title. So I will watch the reunion if they have one. And I really hope they do, because that's how they all get paid. So I hope they have the <laughs> reunion. Otherwise, Jax will riot. Yeah, but have you <laughs> seen But have you seen those? But Jax did, a daily, Jax did a Daily Mail interview where he was like, well, if they have a Zoom reunion... Well, Brittany was like, well, we'll just log off if something bad happens. And, like, they need... They need to they need to uh make sure that they they have like some contract in place where you can't like just log off the internet you know yeah like if the zoom reunion happens they do need to have something in place where they can't like you know back out or leave um i don't think that bravo will give them nearly as much leeway or more than they're giving atlanta because Atlanta's going to be the first, you know, guinea pig of this experiment of a zoom in. And then at the same time, Atlanta is the higher rated show with a bigger budget. And if those ladies can make it all the way through filming without logging off, which apparently they did, I'm hearing that allegedly, then I don't think they're going to even let Vanderpump, you, they'll literally probably give them a, you won't even get your check if you log off, which you don't, you get half of it apparently if you show up to the reunion at all. Like that's the goal is they know people would end up not coming if they got everything up front. So they have to come, but if you log off, you get nothing. And I think that's very fair because we need to wrap this whole thing up. And I mean, with very minimal new cast members, give them five minutes at the end, let Max explain himself poorly, Lisa defend him, ask Brett if he's dating any of the other girls, you know, no, has Charlie eaten pasta yet? And call it a day. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want this. I mean, how many more episodes do we got left? We got like four. Oh, a lot. Yeah, I would say <laughs> a, a lot. lot. Four is not a lot, but it feels like a lot because, like, I feel like I gave up watching forever ago. 
and it's still going. Yeah, I feel like, but see, that's why, like, when a show is bad, like Vanderpump, when you want it to be good and you need it to be good during quarantine, it makes quarantine feel so much longer. It makes you, like, it's, like, another thing where it just, like, time passes. You're just, like, how many bad episodes have I seen in a row? How many, how many months, how many, how many weeks have we been in quarantine? Like, it all blends when you're in, like, it does, like, when you see a good episode of reality show, it, like, makes everything better. But when you see a bad episode during quarantine especially it's like watching four bad episodes of a tv show i completely agree and i believe we are close to the end because um stassi and bo's engagement is coming up and that was filmed closer to the end for them that was supposed to air towards the end of the season um but you're you're uh a hundred percent right i feel like at this point we have no idea what this is going to look like but literally god bless them i really mean that because they're in times of quarantine, people are still calling your show bad and they have nothing else to watch, literally nothing else to watch. You know you are bad. You are not. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to recover from this. And to be honest, I don't think we we'll ever will know because, you know, as people have heard, the House of the Potomac is delayed. They were supposed to come out the, uh, May 10th uh, they or May 3rd, actually. They have been delayed literally for the foreseeable future until what I'm hearing is like August, end of summer. And this was, this announcement was made right after I literally saw a commercial for it coming out on May 3rd, the night before. And I cried. I was very emotional. I understand why it's happening. I don't care. Um, <laughs> were you, sh- <laughs> I, I, I think that it was a worthy sacrifice because, you know, as they said, and as I understand, OC only filmed for like three or four weeks like they got very little before they had to shut down in in january february you know below deck i heard there's a season in the vaults like they've done one but they can't film one summer house can't have summer house without a summer and uh. so well it could be called quarantine house and it could be lit but it won't be yes. so it won't even matter and um and i actually had some insight that somebody is getting kicked off that show so i would have liked to seen the new Wait, 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 Whoa. Or that we're not being asked back. And I, if anything, I was told, so I was told this by someone who is very involved in the, the casting process. Like, very involved. And who patched me into who their supposed replacement is. One of their supposed replacements are. So I think that's a, I, I think that's a really bad, I think there's perfect casting this season. I really think that's a bad move. I really I hope. I want to say that the reason that they know this to be true, I think even the cast knows that that's a thing, is because Paige and Hannah, I think, are giving so much good energy in their life. They go live like every single week now, and I think it's working. Uh, every single day, market- they every single yeah. day they do. I think they're trying to market themselves together, 
market themselves as like looking, we're still best friends, even after the show. People are into them and it's making people into Paige again. And I don't, I even like Jules. Like, I actually really like Jules. I connected with her the first, she was the first one I connected I like with Jules, I love Jules. Outlier. Jules, Jules hooked up with Craig from Southern Charm a couple weeks ago and that was like yeah. barely, that was barely hey. talked about. I love, I literally love an outcast. Like I think she, fought her way through when she just like you know she was so caught off guard i was like justice for this young girl i really like her i want her to stay so i agree i think it'd be a good cast however i also know the person who they're allegedly going to cast someone else who allegedly is not coming back and i would like to see them too but i'm hearing that allegedly they want to get back to the first season type of vibe with uh what was his name steven I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they kind of wanted that again, but like it didn't, but more interesting. And it, there's a package deal that comes with it, allegedly. Like these these two new people are already like BFS so that they don't have to do as much like work trying to find friends in the house because it's kind of like a both of them or neither of them kind of thing. But at the same time, we don't even know we're going to have a summer house. But I would like to see them all quarantined together. That would be good. I actually think to see Kyle and Amanda and a quarantine would end the wedding. Yeah, I don't know. That, I just I, that's crazy. Like I, oh god, I, I would love yep. to work in casting. Just one day. I mean, we Dallas never even got started. Apparently, uh, you know, New Jersey can't start. Like, and I get it. So Potomac had to be paused because they have zero things to air when Potomac is over. And if they stall it now and leave it in August, there's a much better chance that they won't have to do any more housewife reunions on Zoom. And they could actually have a Potomac reunion and maybe even have a New York reunion. And so I get it because when Potomac ended, it really was like, what is fall going to look like? Remember when Summer by Bravo used to be a thing? It used to be like a big circus or it would have like this major commercial rollout for all the shows that were coming out and you would almost get excited. That's not happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I get it. I, well, okay, so but, well, but the nice. Potomac thing. Okay, so I know you're like broken. You're broken, broken. right? Yep, broken. Um. So, okay, don't hate me. I am not broken because wait, wait, wait. Because it gives me more time to finish and catch up because I'm behind. Oh my god! I, I told you we've talked about this before because I know Potomac is the one show that everybody says is the best show now on Bravo in terms of Housewives. It and is. also, I need to remind you that I'm only in the second season of it, and it is the one thing I've been oh. trying to do over quarantine. So when I heard that, my first thought was. He he he! I get more time to finish it before it starts. Well, yes, I know. So everyone, it's so funny because the people that I see on like Instagram now, like uh, my my girl Hannah Brown and, and and Eliza from Face Reality, they're like, y'all have no excuse but to catch up now, Potomac. And I'm like giggling to myself because I told both of them to go watch in the winter, and I was like, you have nothing better to do, but finish Potomac and they were like okay well I need to see season one for back I'm like get season one it's not a housewife show I told everyone to do that because it make it stalls the process Hannah Brown DM'd me today she even put up on her like her stories like she cc'd me like her boyfriend she said grabs her hand and said we have made it this season for reunion oh my god he was so excited he didn't even start the dream with but he got sucked 
in because that is how good it is. Season four of Potomac is the greatest housewife season of history. And I'm on record. And I just spread all this good word about Roni and Beverly Hills. And I've been watching all these girls for literally a decade. And Potomac season four is the best season you'll ever see in television. Yeah, so I mean, I agree with that. And I think you're, I think everybody is correct. And that's why I'm not brokenhearted, even though I would be brokenhearted if I was where you were at. I mean, I'm over here like, let's go. I can't wait. Let's see what happens. I mean, this comes after season three. The only, the only thing that tops Potomac season three was itself season four. Because season three, they have a press conference where no one's allowed to ask questions about tax debt with an attorney that is not an attorney. Like, it, you cannot write this stuff. The optics, the illusions there, the smoke and mirrors, the switching of houses, like, it's the best thing that you could ever see because they're honest about it and the girl do the job of the you will never need the producers to ask you a fourth wall question because the girls will ask to your their 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 faces is your husband a molester? does he touch butts so he touches a lot of men's butts is that's what's happening and it's like <laughs> the producers never have to tell you to ask that question because they'll just do it for you and it's golden so yeah sure the second Sacrifice can be made of the new season if people finally go watch it. Otherwise, I'm suing, and it's a class action. I'm suing people who haven't watched. I'm suing Bravo for not airing it. I'm just I'm joining. I'm starting a class. I have already been in contact with three lawyers that I'm friends with on Instagram. They have Bravo pages. Like, what are my chances? I don't even need a, a you know financial compensation. Just release the damn season. I want it. <laughs> you know what like, you know, i this might not this you need to actually maybe i'm telling you maybe this is the the time where you i mean what if we all like did like a quarantine camera on like like four separate podcast shows and we create like a bravo quarantine podcast show about like anticipating bravo shows but it's just about like our psychological reactions when a show doesn't air or when a show does air, and then it's like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of different shows we can give to Bravo. I mean, I always said they should bring back People's Couch, and I think quarantine is the best time. Like, literally, I have my iPad. I will pop this thing up on a magnetic stand, and you will watch me rewatch season one of Southern Charm, like I did for my entire birthday. Walk people through Potomac, like, you know, do like a live Q&A. Like, I don't know, but we need to figure it out. But they need to get it together because the content is slim. And I really have no, I don't know what else to look forward to for the rest of the year. Because, I, yeah, if when Potomac airs, we have that to look forward to. But literally, at that point, what else? And, and don't, yeah, don't tell me to read a book. Finish. Don't tell, don't tell me to read a book either. Like, don't just like, like, I, these shows are supposed to be here no, for I us. I want to watch TV. That's the point. I watch, I'm doing a Bravo podcast. I don't want to end my show because you can't make one. And oh, I don't even know if they even finish OC at this point. I don't even know if I'm going to watch because Kelly Dodd is the anchor and she literally just pissed off the entire world saying that Corona is God's way of thinning the herd. And now I'm like, what is going on? No, yeah, Kelly, by the way, wait, wait, wait. OC was already on thin ice. Kelly's a fucking idiot. And the only reason that she like survived is because Vicky's a bigger idiot. Like the thing is like Kelly isn't some hero just because like Kelly's legitimately crazy. Like Kelly's no, no yeah. hero of anybody's like, she just had like, she just was better. She was like the lesser of two evils, but she's still evil. She was just better than Vicky and Tamara. She just ended up winning out that season, you know, 
like she just she was able to like beat the season and stay but she's not doing herself any favors with like keep going online saying stupid shit and i'll tell you what like uh her her like fiance is eventually gonna like break up with her too because that's not a good look eventually and and that's saying something because he works at fox news yeah and and that's exactly what is getting to her it seems, but it, the problem is it's skewing. He's at least a reporter. His personal opinions can only really be assumed because of his job and affiliations and, you know, wedding guests and pictures that he takes, you know? But other than that, Kelly is like speaking to regular commenters and she has been backtracking and double backing this comment, but making it worse every single time for like three straight days. And I, at what point I'm like, this can't be what we're we have to look forward to for OC because the one thing I think that people especially like me someone like myself who's a person of color when I watch these shows I try very hard to not be so painfully aware of what I know to be true and what's also working the under in the aftermath and and the underground of these women and their lives but then OC is borderline impossible to do that. Like, it's just so hard. And Kelly, it brought us me very much so back to where we are with OC. And I was then reminded of who the new OC housewife was supposed to be with the and all that stuff. And then for her to then say, she, what did she do? She brought up like SARS or something and like 25%. It, it just, the things that she was saying. And then she was like, I don't have to socially distance in my own house. I was like, the corona like doesn't make it inside like it's an outside like, I don't understand what you're saying she was like she had a bunch of people over her house and you're like you're not practicing social distancing you're like all on top of each other and she goes I don't have to social distance in my house I'm like what explain how you got to that to me yeah I it, well by the way at the end of the day it's still called Orange County and Orange County no offense if you're from Orange County if you're listening it's, you know, not, I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of idiots there. There, by the way, I think the beaches are packed in Orange County this weekend. Yeah. He has been tweeting, we need to reopen the job. I'm like, Vicky, you have a lot of reasons why your job needs to stay closed. Okay, honey. And you should be thanking, you know, your governor right now for you closed. But it's it's not, it doesn't seem like the brightest of, of people and spaces. And I almost feel like it's going to be, if anything, I want to see what this looks like. Because you have people like Bronwyn, who has been doing every single effort possible to help people during this time. Like she's sending masks. She's starting foundations. She's wiping down boxes. All her kids have been quarantined and now that she's like not leaving and taking it seriously. And you have Kelly who's just like, this isn't real. It doesn't matter. Like, we can do whatever we want. And I'm like, I kind of almost uh, like this dynamic, like a fight about this. But then at the same time, it's all the rest of our Bravo days just going to be them talking about quarantine. Like, I didn't live it because I don't want that either. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we're, we're in a, a brave new world. It'll be interesting to see how, where we go from this, you know, and, and, and what actually happens. And it's going to be, you know, just is, it'll be, you know, what's scary is that, you know, this, this might be over in six months, but we're going to have that then gap of time where Bravo shows will not be on because they haven't produced them in time. So we're going to have like, even after things get back to normal, then we're going to be reminded again, potentially, because on the TV, it'll be very abnormal when they're not releasing new shows. Right. 
and it's not even just like the, the Grey's Anatomy stop filming and like the good doctor and the good fight on TV like the regular scripted shows are also at a stop right now they're doing everything they can to edit around the world but I'm like we're all just gonna be like looking at each other like those uh, Nickelodeon used to do that like it used to be called like 60 days to play or something like that before during the summer their entire screen would just be a picture of the little Nickelodeon blimp and a clock that would just be like go outside and play I feel in the fall we will get that on every single channel because nothing will be on. It'll just be yeah. a, a clock. It'll be like nothing's here. Go outside. We have nothing for you. And it's going to be interesting. Just Potomac wasn't the one we sacrificed to do it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, well, at least we have, we'll always it have podcasts. Does seem, yeah, yes, it, we'll, we'll find. I always find something to talk about and talk mess about. I just feel like Bravo is like maybe we'll give people time to catch up with Potomac since it is a quarantine time. But now I need everyone to verbally commit to me or like nod your head when you're if you're in your kitchen right now. I can't hear you, but I'm trusting you. You are going to finish watching this show. You're going to finish yes. watching Potomac. So when it comes in August, everyone's watching together. We're all in this together. Wait, 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 wait. We get a new housewife. Can I do? Wait, wait, wait. Can I do after, wait, like after I get to like which season, is there any way I can either be interviewed by you or record my, uh, like a, like a 10 minute of, of my thoughts on it for, for it? Like I need to keep you posted on yeah. this. Like I need to, I need to be held yes. accountable. As, I need to be held accountable is what I'm saying. Like yes, I need, I need, I feel like I need a, an accountability buddy where you're like uh, checking in on me <laughs> and making sure that I watch this show. Are you all in? you all in like Teddy Mellencamp? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I need, I need you to be an accountability coach and like force me. And I'll, you know what? I'll even say it on my podcast this week that I'm, I'm in a challenge uh, with Moni and she's going to make me do this. Yes, I will do that. Cause people have asked me to do um, a lot of bonus episodes of better seasons of housewives that I have yet to do three of Potomac because I covered four when it was on, but I have not done three. And you know what? We will get, I will get in touch with you in like a few weeks about a date. And we are setting a date so that you will be done season three by. Yes. Yes. I need that so bad. And, and Marty, I think it's a good thing because you could challenge all of us then. And that way you can give it to Bravo of like, you know, I've turned, I've decided to turn my sadness and my anger into something positive. And I'm going to make welcome. sure everybody, I'm going to make sure everybody is caught up by the time Bravo decides to air this show. Yes. So now there will be no excuse and they will get the ratings they deserve, which have been still great. People who don't watch the show. So yes, we will do that. It will be a challenge and we will get ourselves to that point. And it'll be sometime after this, sad zoomian of Atlanta and the tent that we're going to get which apparently reunion was better than the entire season that's what I'm hearing from people because the season finale was some bullshit I don't even know what happened I think it was that it was a big baby shower or whatever and it was overpriced and the very episode before that was Ty yelling at Candy and making her feel a lot of mom guilt for working too much when she has kids but then so was a major part of it cost like $100,000 for a baby that's not born yet so I was like okay I give up and that was literally it. So we'll see what happens with the reunion. And once that is over, everyone is turning their sights onto Potomac. 
together. We can do this. <laughs> yes, and I think you need to lead the charge. You need to like turn this into a positive. Yes, I will do that, and then I will save Bravo time and money for a class action because God knows they don't need any more controversy right now. <laughs> I want to thank Ryan you so much for coming on. Please tell people where they can find you and find you know your podcast for all the Bravo content that they should already be on right now, but we have literally nothing else to do yeah. but listen to podcasts, and you're a, a good one to get people through the the days. Thank you. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's, it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I do these really long podcasts. There are timestamps. I've been doing quarantine-sized podcasts. It's pretty insane. Um, I do a Patreon now, too, where I'm covering the NYC prep from Bravo, and I just launched that last week. And uh, I just started yeah. that. Yeah, and Bonnie and Bonnie's been on two pod, two of my podcasts, so you can go find her episodes. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know each other, and like, you know, check it out if you want. If you don't, I'm cool with that too. But like, I just love, uh, I love this this community we have and stuff. So I think no matter what, I, I just I, this is just very exciting to be a part of this. But yeah, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, if you like it, leave a good review. If you don't like it, don't leave a review at all. Uh, <laughs> like Seems that. like a smart idea. Yeah, and then follow me on Instagram. It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. All my personals are at Ryan Bailey 25 and I hate promoting myself and I'm really hungover. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if you did this hungover, you are a god and I thank you so much. because You're hungover too, by the way. You're hungover too. Yeah, but I have like a day in of this, but I'm still drinking. You're trying to recover and like give your body a break. <laughs> I'm sipping Chardonnay right now. Uh, wait, that's it. I, I got to do hair of the dog, right? I got to, I got to get a white claw and just, just, uh, Make things back to normal. Exactly. That's the best way to get over hangover. You just keep drinking. If I keep <laughs> drinking, the quarantine's going to be over in no time. So, that's um, the best. I, and I've, I've lived by that. So, I, and I will definitely be checking out your Patreon because I just started NYC Prep and I don't think I've watched it. Well, hey, by the TV. way, if you if so you, if you are watching it, that. if you are watching it, come on and be uh, one of the uh, one of the people on the episodes. That uh, once we get to your favorite episode, you can come on and recap it with me if you want. I would Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Because I literally just started it yesterday and I'm watching. So, oh my God. It's, it's like the we'll worst. It's okay. It's so but uh, I love it. It's so bad. It's good. So, it. <laughs> thank you, Monty. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You guys know where to find me everywhere. Um, at Mixing with Monty, M I X I N G W I T H M A N I. Stay safe, stay home, stay happy. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.